You're listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Okay, everybody. Welcome to uh, episode number three of Fox on the Wire. We've got a very special guest today, uh, a young singer-songwriter named Emily Day. Welcome, Emily, to Fox on the Wire. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thanks for making the trek out um, my way. It's a bit of an ordinary day outside today, a nice inside songwriting day. Yeah, Melbourne's definitely showing its weather. Sure is. So um, tell us a bit about yourself. You've got a, a current EP out um, called Weatherman, funnily enough. Yeah. Um, so I've been oh, a solo singer-songwriter since about 2015. And I play guitar and piano and just write, depending on what instrument I've got, um, different kinds of songs. So whether it be your piano ballads or more your folky kind of stuff. And yeah, prior to that, I was playing in bands and choirs, but I kind of prefer doing my own thing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I noticed there's um, kind of a different vibe to every track on the EP. So there's what, five tracks on there. There's a bit of um, jazzy sort of, yeah, ballady sort of stuff going on there. Yeah, so like with the piano, I've I've been learning classical piano since I was about 10. So my piano teacher's always trying to teach me like jazz or classical or a bit of everything. So you can definitely hear a bit of that coming out in some of those pianos. Yeah, it's quite a diff- few different influences and you've got different um, instrumentation on there. Um, I think the first track throws in a harmonica, which was really cool, I thought. Yeah, Mr. John Hunter on harmonica. Ah, yep. Yeah, it it just, uh, I was listening to a lot of Bob Dylan tracks when I was writing that and I was like, you know what, harmonica would just add so much pain to this but in a nice kind of way. Yep, absolutely. Um, Have you tried playing harmonica yourself? And failed, yes. Yeah, I've been working on that a bit myself but uh, was it John, was it? Yeah. Yeah, his playing was pretty top-notch, I must say. So, yeah, really made the track uh, a bit more haunting and you got some sax on there as well on one of the tracks. Yeah, so um, summer days I've got just the alto sax going, which just uh, gives it that smooth kind of summery jazzy vibe. And then along the line we decided to chuck in two saxophones and you've got, yeah, it's just it sounds so much bigger and brassier. It's, it's great. Yeah, cool. Um, so you released this EP in... Feb 2018, I think, if I've done my research correctly. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, and where did you record it? Uh, so I recorded it at Newmarket Studios. So I was basically looking for a studio that had a grand piano that I could try and steal, but my car wasn't big enough. Oh, uh, yeah. Not the easiest thing to, no. well, steal or cart around, really. But, it, yeah, it was worth it. Like, uh, grand piano just sounds amazing compared to a keyboard. Yeah. So what was the... um. Obviously, you're sort of multi-instrumental. Uh, um, what was the first instrument you learned? Uh, so the first instrument I learned was the piano. I wanted to learn saxophone, but my mom said no. Yeah. So <laughs> I got some piano lessons, and from that I learned bass, and then I kind of got sick of you know, always being in the background, so then I picked up a guitar. Yep. And what about singing? Singing, I've been doing that since forever like I used to be in like the Australian girls choir and all that kind of jazz and school musicals and stuff and then kind of started solo singing probably towards the end of high school yeah yeah so that would explain your um 
pretty awesome voice. Um, pretty good, pretty good training. And um, so, what age did you start singing? Um, pretty early on. Yeah, pretty early on. So I probably started joining choirs and stuff at about oh, the age of five or six. Yeah, right. So yeah, and then solo lessons didn't come until uh, probably the age of like ten or eleven. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, it's probably priceless sort of starting that early as a singer because um, it takes years to really develop your voice, doesn't it, and find it. Definitely. And, like, I think it's the age of about oh, 19, they say, that girls have this change from, like, that you're a young girl voice to an actual female voice. Yeah. And uh, I was I was waiting and counting down the years for that because it just it changes your overall vibe. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I wish I'd have started singing earlier. That's for sure. I, I didn't start till I was like oh, maybe eighteen or nineteen. Um, and I started in a rehearsal room with two guitars, a bass, and a loud drum kit. Not being able to hear myself. Um, so you can imagine I developed many bad habits and often walked out of there at the end of the night with no voice. So, um, not ideal. No, it was pretty, pretty bad now that I think back, but I'm trying to undo a lot of the bad habits and, um, but yeah, I would have loved to have started when I was younger. Yeah. No, it definitely has its benefits. Yeah. Um, so you originally wanted to play the sax did who was the or what was the um uh, that song that everyone refers to baker street yeah yeah so it was i'd been listening to that and that was like my favorite song as a kid yeah. don't ask me why but it was mm-hmm. um and yeah my parents were like look that's a great idea and all but use the piano <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> yeah so i kind of went from there maybe one day we'll learn the sax but yeah till then well at least you know with the piano you can write songs on that i don't think you can really write songs on a sax can you oh, i mean you can write parts away, yeah but i mean there's saxophone sounds on my keyboard <laughs> it's not the same yeah well i've got to admit i'm a pretty big saxophone fan yeah not that i'd have it on my music at this stage but um actually when you got here today i was listening to uh bruce springsteen uh, the album the river and um bruce has got some Wicked sax on his, uh, on a lot of his stuff actually. Um, and um, yeah, a lot of the 80s sort of ballads and stuff that have a sax, I'm a big fan of. So I can definitely appreciate that. Um, and what about guitar? When did you start playing guitar? Oh, I basically had borrowed slash steal my mum's guitar from her room. Yep. Because they're like, no, you're not going to learn guitar. You've got to focus on your piano and learn one instrument well and don't try and be a jack of all trades. But I probably started stealing a guitar at about the age of, oh, I'd say, 14. Okay. And then for my 16th birthday, I actually got my own guitar. Yep. That's when I was allowed to practice properly. Cool. So um, I guess your musical journey began pretty early on at age five and you know, singing with the choir and that. Um, what about sort of the songwriting side of things? When did you think that was a good idea and what sort of age was that? Well, I've probably been fiddling around with songwriting oh, probably since like year six at school, but like actually like proper songs that the public probably <laughs> hear. Um, 
probably once I got the guitar, just because I found it was easier to write on guitar. Yep. As I, I, I don't know, I wasn't as critical as my, of myself. So, like, yeah. And there's something more forgiving about you can write a four sort of a four chorded song on guitar, mm. and it sounds half decent. Whereas on piano, I was like judging myself too much. Okay. Well, that was actually my next question. Do you find it easier to write on piano or guitar? So. Yeah, definitely guitar. <laughs> Yeah. I prefer my piano songs because, like, so much more effort goes into writing that side of things. A bit more intricate yeah. or...? I, like, force myself to use all of the things I've learned from my piano lessons across the years. Okay. It's because I've had no formal lessons with it. I'm just like, yeah, whatever sounds good and it's a bit more easygoing. Okay. So does it put you in a different... Um... Like when you write the song, obviously, I guess with me, with the guitar, you're thinking, you know, intro, verse, chorus, back to the uh, verse, and you sort of follow those lines. Does the piano sort of open up a different pathway to that sort of flow in the song? I I still kind of tend to follow your verse, chorus structure. Yeah. But like, I guess I tend to play a bit more with your intros and your endings and like the whole like binary or ternary forms of songs playing around with those formats mm. a bit more. but yeah i still prefer your verse chorus structure yeah so um with the piano like do you find that most things just sound sort of ballady regardless of yeah. <laughs> yeah basically as soon as you chuck that sustain pedal on yeah yeah it's a ballad but i have been fiddling around with a bit more upbeat kind of piano stuff so mm-hmm. drawing more on your like your peter allen or yeah just your cerebralis just kind of getting more of that upbeat vibe yep on, yep yep which is a lot harder to do but it is hard to do yeah. um they, they translate better live i think the sort of upbeat songs you know but um it's easier said than done to <laughs> write an upbeat song on your own i think yeah, I find. upbeat without it being corny, like there's that yeah. fine line. Yeah. So you're ch- uh, channeling the blues, I think it's doable. Yeah. Um, so I think listening to your uh, debut EP over the last few days, I think my favourite song um, would have to be Along the Line, Ooh. I think. And I don't know. There's just something about it. I mean, I liked the whole thing, the whole EP. I thought it was great. Um, but there was something a bit more to that one, I think, for me. Um, and I noticed you shot a video for that song. Yeah. So I kind of I shot the video to kind of match the story of the song. So the, the song along the line is about basically your life being set in stone. So like somewhere in the, somewhere along the line, someone told you, okay, you're going to get a nine-to-five job, you're going to mm. earn this income, and that's that's your life. It's kind of done. So I got this um, makeup artist who I found on Instagram and she basically turns herself into this stone statue throughout the clip, which I think is a perfect representation of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Well, I think, yeah, the the life that we live, I think we definitely have to turn ourselves to stone just to sort of suck it up. and. um, It's more of like if you're aware of that, mm. maybe you can change it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you shot that video with uh, Joel at Electric Circus. Yeah, studios. Hi, Joel. 
<laughs> Thanks, Joel, for oh, I think I've shot about three music videos with him now. Yeah. And he recorded my acoustic demo back in the day. But yeah, he's been great and his new studio is awesome yep. to play with. I think I've mentioned Joel on every podcast well, <laughs> on all three episodes I've done so far. So um Good on you, Joel. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. So um so um I was looking at your bio before and noticed that you won first place in Q Junction's open mic. Um what, a couple of years ago? Yeah, so there's been like a few open mic competitions that have that's how I actually ended up getting in touch with Joel was I won the Hidden Gardens open mic ah. competition and the prize was to go record with Joel. But um yeah, so Q Junction that I think that was only last year, the year before. Yeah. But yeah, it was very much play your four best songs and get up and yeah, I think there was about 30 different artists and I ended up coming first, which was a bit of fun. Awesome. But yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. Thanks. <laughs> um, when we we had a show at uh, Swamp Lands in Thornbury a few weeks ago, well, it's probably a couple of months ago now that it all just blurs. time flies so quickly. Um, I was pretty blown away by your performance, um, I must say. So, uh, and you know, it's partly due to well having a decent sound guy there. It's always helpful. Yeah, it's always helpful, and a good a good sound system there. Um, especially by a couple of covers that you did. Um, you did Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. Oh, yeah. Every time I've heard someone cover that song, it's been <laughs> awful. Well, no <laughs> one does it well. It gets done to death sometimes, I feel. Yeah, but I thought your version was really good and you sang the sh- shit out of it. Thank you. As well. Um, as well as Sia? As well. Yeah, Chandelier. Chandelier. Yeah, that's... It's it's one of those, I can sing it, I know I can sing it, but everyone finds it impressive, so I guess I'll keep singing it. Yeah. But, yeah, it's she's just an amazing vocalist, so all of her songs are a bit of fun to sing. Yeah. Does she sort of give it a lot in all her songs like she does in that one? I haven't heard pretty much anything else. Like, yeah, I don't know, the, just the way she writes. So she doesn't just write for herself, she writes for others, but yeah. I don't know, she's just got this amazing potential she shows off in each song mm. like wow that's cool yeah well you kind of hit it like which was really impressive to watch live as well um because i know she really sort of goes for it in that song <laughs> as, as does axel in sweet child that was good as well <laughs> didn't have the guitar solo but you know nah where were you slash where were you are you a guns and roses fan um a little bit like I would say I'm more on your, like, ACDC. Pink Floyd's my favourite band, so I'm more on that ah. side of things. Okay. But that song just kind of stuck over the years. And, you know, a lot of Pink Floyd songs I find are a bit mood-killing mm. at certain venues. And you're like, oh, I love this song, but it's going to kill the party a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Better not. Yeah, well, Sweet Child's pretty hard to, you know, that always hits the spot, I think, when they play it. 2,000 times a day on the radio, so everyone's pretty familiar with it. Um, so uh, Pink Floyd, huh? I didn't know that. Yeah, massive, massive fan. Yeah, right. Um, of course, none of my tracks sound like them, but, you know, that's that's a different story. But, yeah, um, massive fan of uh, their Wish You Were Here album and Dark Side of the Moon, just to be cliche. But Yeah. Well, a good album is a – well, a great album is a great album. 
no matter what. So mm-hmm. I saw, um, funny you mentioned that, uh, I think it was the other day David Gilmore auctioned off his guitar collection or something. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously so I think it sold for multi-millions, obviously. I don't know why he did that, but, you know. Yeah. I- I'm sure he's got a whole stash of them anyway and that was just a few of them that he's so whatever the reason was behind that um gotta say i never really got into pink floyd i think it was more i just didn't get to them um there were too many other bands in the way and i just didn't quite i remember i used to love on the turning away the song yeah yeah uh i think it was the guitar solo in that and the mood of that song yeah i don't know just the way they kind of orchestrate all their instruments yep. one idea is just amazing yeah. but yeah ah uh, just like my favorite track they do is time and that's just because of their i don't know i have a thing for depressing lyrics yeah i get that yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's the one that kind of sticks out the most or like their artwork for wishy wish you were here it's like you know one man always gets burned in a deal it's just like oh there's so many meanings in everything yeah rather than like your normal pop song where it's like, okay, there is probably one meaning. Mm. Yeah, there's more depth to the the darker yeah. lyrics. Something nice about it. Yeah. And um, have you seen, oh, I don't think they've toured together, but Roger Waters has been out. Yeah, I've seen Roger Waters. Yeah. He's amazing. Big show. Yeah. No, it was, it was, I was... Sadly, I was one of those crying fans. I'm just like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> but I'm like, at least, you know, I wasn't crying at something petty, I guess. So that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a fan of the big rock shows, like the big rock arena shows? I haven't been to many of them, mm. to be honest. But, yeah, uh, I don't mind them. But I kind of prefer, like, like a smaller, more intimate kind of acoustic yeah. vibe to the shows. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned you're a... Bob Dylan fan. Yeah. 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 No, just his storytelling. Just, yeah. And it's like even him in the traveling Wolverines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Tom Petty, George Harrison, Jeff Lynn. Oh, and Roy Orbison. Don't, don't forget Roy. Yeah. <laughs> How's that for a voice? You can't. Yeah. yeah. Now, that was a great little um, period of time there where they put that all together. Um, and uh, are you, what about Tom Petty? You a Tom Petty fan? Yeah, so I used to play when I was 14. I used to play in a band, and everyone else in the band was about 50. So <laughs> they taught me all of this oldies, songs. yeah. And there was a lot of Tom Petty in there, yeah, uh, Creed and stuff like that. So I kind of got into that for a little while, yeah, and like even your dire straits and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's I prefer that older music to the now music but yeah 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 it's pretty good so you've had a pretty good education really music wise (laughs) starting early and uh there's been a variety yeah well that could explain some of the different uh influence sounding songs you've got on this ep yeah so any plans of uh more recording soon uh so i've just released a live in brunswick album which is just kind of to get all of the songs that are in my head just out in a format. Yep. But um, the plan is to then record with a band and hopefully release a band single by the end of the year. Cool. What about a full album or another EP? A full album would be like in the works, but I kind of want to do it like as a band and 
like probably to the same standard, if not better than the last EP. Yeah. So, yeah, might be a few years away for that one. Yeah. What's your thoughts on on that? Like um, releasing full albums as opposed to singles or EPs, do you sort of see a value in doing a full album these days? I do, but like I wouldn't just throw a song on an album just to fill the album. Yeah. Like I feel every song's got to have a purpose. I think that's probably stemmed from the whole Pink Floyd thing. Yeah. Like the story starts at the beginning of the album and it ends at the end. Yeah. And each song is in there for its own reason. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that yeah, that's why it's probably going to be a few years away. Yeah. No, it's all right. Well, probably, you know, it takes a few years, but I think based on that explanation, you should definitely go for it. So, so yeah, I think that um, sort of been lost a little bit maybe in recent years. You know, people or artists just uh, put on a couple of good songs on the album and then fill it with, uh, well, you know, not not as good as songs and they don't really sort of belong on there and don't really give you the feeling of a a full album like a Pink Floyd album would have done. It's one of those cutting those songs out that you're like, okay, that didn't quite hit the mark Mm. rather than being like, oh, but I've spent so much time on this. You've just got to have the balls to be like, Okay, no, I've just got to cut it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Keep it as a, a B side for the yeah. or a rarities album later in your career. Exactly. Just record it, and it's always there somewhere. Um, so yeah, you've got um, you've got a YouTube channel happening with a few videos on there. Um, so you, you've got actual sort of video clips, and then have you got any live stuff on there as well? Any live clips? Um, yeah, so I think I've just uploaded one more recently from oh, a gig I did in Footscray. Yeah. It was basically just me playing that song along the line, but the acoustic guitar version. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it was when I wrote it for acoustic, I was like, oh, this would be great. And it was one of those, oh, do I chuck it on the EP? And I'm like, no, it's one of those just pick the best and I the piano version kind of wins out every day. But, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so do you do that a lot? Do you like a song you've written on piano? Did you transcribe it to guitar and see how it sounds? Or Yeah, so the song Lovesick, which was the first single I released off the EP, that I wrote on guitar. And then when I chucked it on piano, I was like, well, now we can never play it on guitar again because <laughs> it just sounds too epic. Yeah. Yeah. So they tend to go back and forth, my songs, and I see which one justifies the song a bit better go with that yeah okay that's pretty cool you can go back and forth yeah sometimes it drives me mental but yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's all part of it exactly (laughs) so um i was yeah going through your uh some of your uh facebook uh material and i saw you on the bass guitar i'm like what yeah playing with uh chris chris alcoma oh yeah yeah so um Chris decided he wanted to hear his band, like his songs with the band, and he got Tim Lukey to arrange and it was amazing. Mm. So the stuff that Tim Lukey came up with was everything from basically he turned what was one acoustic song into changing about seven genres within one song. Right. It was, yeah, a bit of punk, a bit of reggae, a bit of opera, just he chucked everything in there and it was a bit epic, and it kind of got my bass guitar out of the dust, so that was a bit of fun too. Cool. Yeah. Did you ever have lessons for bass? Or? I 
just did. Oh, you did? Did yeah. That one that was back in like high school in year seven where they force you to learn an instrument. Oh, yeah. <laughs> force they, you. <laughs> yeah. There was there was no option, but um, yeah, bass guitar was the instrument I got, and I stuck with that for well probably about four years. Yeah. Fair enough. A bit like uh, Dave Grohl or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was a hell of a change. Um, what sort of mu- uh, music you're listening to lately? Um, what sort of artists? And- it varies a lot. Mm. So um, when it comes to piano, I'm listening to like a lot of Chopin stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's just because it's amazing and it's slightly, I don't know, just moody, which is nice. Um, been listening to Crowded House quite a bit lately. Right. And yeah, just Gabrielle Applin, Sarah Bareilles. Yeah. And I think A Rioting Mind just released their album. So I've listened to that and that was pretty cool. Cool. So, what's sort of your favorite genre of music to listen to? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> that's, that's a really hard question. It is a hard question. Yeah. Um, I guess if I'm just kind of not wanting to overthink things, more just do classic Aussie rock, so like your Paul Kelly Crowded mm. House, solid. <laughs> yeah, stuff's been around forever. Yeah, and you know it so well that you don't actually have to sit and listen to it. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, what's um, how do you listen to your music? I mean, as an artist, we often go back and forth about how to release our own music in what formats. Um, you try and put yourself in the shoes of a music listener, which we are as well. But uh, yeah, how do you prefer to listen to your music as a listener? So I've got a CD collection that's massive. Yeah. So I've just got like your five kind of layered CD player, and I just go off that. I do have a record player, but I find that just takes too much effort. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's just CDs. I just I like them. I like having something physical and tangible to be like, yes, I've, I've released something or they have released something and I've actually got it in my hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you still buy CDs? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, do you do Spotify or iTunes or anything like that? Yeah, I do. I I don't prefer it, but like yeah. I, I do because, you know, one, sometimes you just want that one song or something like that. Yeah. What about in the car? Have you got like, have you still got your CD folder? <laughs> CDs everywhere? Not, uh, I've still got CDs everywhere. Yeah. And I've got, my car only takes one CD, so it's quite painful. <laughs> but like I end up knowing that one CD really well. Yeah. I used to work up at Seymour. So like it's, you know, an hour 20 there and back. So it was just me learning all the lyrics to this one song. It was great. <laughs> And now you hate that song because <laughs> you yeah, listen to it too think. much. Yeah, yeah. I um, I'm mostly Spotify these days. I think, especially because I drive a lot and I'm in the car, and um, I just yeah. When I had CDs in the car, I had probably three folders worth. They get scratched, covers get cracked, um, and it was just a mess. So um, yeah, so I guess Spotify is a bit easier for that in the car. But I do still buy CDs and um, I collect records as well to, to a point. I still, when I'm at home, I like to listen to records. Um, but I think C- CDs still sort of 
yeah, carry my collection through and I'll always buy CDs. So it's just a shame when they crack the case. You're just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do now? It just looks bad. Yeah. And what about um, uh, when you decide how you're going to release your own music? Well, um, basically, I because I'm a CD collector, it feels weird if I don't have a CD that's my own. Yep. So I have to release it on CD yeah. as a kind of given. But then I generally wait a while and then I do a digital release as well. Okay. Yeah. I think CDs are more cost effective for us. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, uploading is digital as well. Um, I'd love to print some vinyl, but it's very expensive. Yeah. You just look at the price and it's like, oh. Yeah. It would be cool. It would be cool. Yeah. So one day, hopefully. The next album. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm a bit of a writing phase at the moment. I sort of, um, sort of get bits and pieces together, you know, um, as you go along. But during the week this week, I sort of found that I was really in that frame of mind. So um, after you leave today, I'm going to get stuck into that again so i've got lots of demo stuff to work on um are you always sort of writing amongst rehearsing and yeah i don't i tend to scrap more things than i do write them so like i'll write a verse and i'm like okay and that's gone so i'll just i'll scrap it too quickly i feel mm-hmm. but um when i find an idea i like I just kind of spend like a month just perfecting that one thing yeah yeah so you start with music when you write or they kind of both start at the same time yeah and then i just play around with the words listen back to the recorded version and be like oh didn't like that or that worked and then i tend to show someone who's a non-user just to get the real basic of does it sound any good okay and then they generally tell me yes or no <laughs> my mom is really particularly honest which is great and terrifying all the same. yeah <laughs> is she a muser she said Oh, she she's a bedroom guitarist basically. Right. Yeah. yeah, but if she hates something, she'll let you know. Yeah, and it's like I appreciate this honesty because <laughs> now I didn't have to you know, make a fool of myself on stage. You need the tough critic around, I think. You do. Doesn't mean they're always right though, either. Exactly. There's, um, for example, that song along the line, that second ending. Yeah. Both of my parents were like, don't do it. You don't need it there. I'm like, this makes the whole album. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I kind of went with it. Went with your own. Yeah, but it was good to know that those opinions existed. It's funny what people pick out. Like when you show them something, they'll pick out something uh, odd, I guess, sometimes. not Because obviously you, you might have a... Th- um, a part in a song that you might be worried about or you think jumps out too much or something, but, you know, you show it to someone else and they're like, no, it's fine, and then they'll pick out something else that you wouldn't have even thought of. Just people's perceptions are interesting sometimes. Yeah. Um, And scary, as you said. So um, so how many many songs have you got in your repertoire at the moment? Uh, Originals? Yeah. Um, ones that I probably will actually play to the public, probably about like 15. Yep. But yeah, it's kind of constantly evolving and changing. And then it depends if I've got a keyboard handy or if I'm just on guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and I think we all have one, but what's your guilty music pleasure? So something you may not always admit to, but... Uh... Um, I'd probably say that, like, I don't mind some of Taylor Swift's songs. Yeah. And that, that kills me to say that, but... Like some of the songs, they're all right. Yeah, it's not so bad. No, it's not that bad. But for me, I'm just like, ah. Oh. In high school, I was definitely one of those kids who was like against whatever was going. So if One Direction was big, I was like, yeah, no, not cool. No. Or the Jonas Brothers, I was like, yeah, no, that's not cool. And I stuck to my like Pink Floyd and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the background with listening to Nirvana and whatever. Good. But yeah, so the Taylor Swift thing, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. She has some good tracks. Yeah, no, that's true. She does. Um, it's not so bad. <laughs> what's yours? Oh, uh, what's mine? Oh, I can't say. Nah. <laughs> I'd have to say mine would be um, probably Whitney Houston. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Absolute sucker. She is amazing. Yeah. Um, just that. The voice, obviously, is just quite amazing. And amazing to watch her sing as well. Um, so I just read before you came today that um you know the movie the bodyguard oh yeah um the poster for that i don't know if you can picture it in your head but he's sort of holding uh, this woman in his arms which we all thought was whitney but it turns out it wasn't actually her it was her body double oh wow yeah he just sort of came out with it and admitted it so it's a bit strange there you go there you go um so how do you go with social media what's your favorite platform that you find to use i do enjoy facebook i think just because i like everything kind of all in one place and it's all organized yeah whereas like insta i'm like yeah that's good for your pictures and stuff but you kind of don't get your events yeah youtube great for videos but again you know you don't kind of get to share all those posts and stuff yeah 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 you kind of got to be across it all these do. And there's always something new. There's like, yeah. you know, there's SoundCloud, you've got Million Dollar Riff, you've got Triple J on Earth. It's like, where do you start? Where do you stop? Yeah. What do you think of Triple J on Earth? I sort of gave up on that a little while ago. Yeah. Um, I still upload my tracks yeah. and I try and keep it like a valid page. So I like keep everything updated, but I don't really try too much on there. Mm. Like there was... They have those like charts and stuff yeah. and Weatherman like got into the top 10 Ooh. at one stage. And I was like, oh, that's great. But, you know, it was still never played on the radio station. So I was just like, okay, that's great. But I don't know what that means. Yeah. It's kind of like Reverb Nation. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the top 10. <laughs> and <laughs> how did I get there? Yeah, what's the reward? <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually, I haven't logged on there for about two years, but that's cool. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't Triple J, uh, they released a radio station separately for Unearthed probably a little while ago, I think, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they've got their Unearthed radio station. Mm. But, yeah, um, a couple of my friends, they're in a band and they did the whole Triple J Unearthed high thing and ended up winning. Mm. But, yeah, they're even them, they're like, it was a great experience, but after it kind of happened, there was kind of nothing. So. Did they get across the triple J, like yeah, from yeah. that? Yeah, so yeah. that it worked out really well for them, and they were really happy with it. Mm. But like, you go to their triple J, like on Earth page, and I don't think it's updated. Yeah, 
<laughs> it's, it's one of those, there's too many social medias to update. Yeah, it's quite time consuming. I mean, that's probably one that you don't have to be on there every day. But, um, yeah, I, I sort of gave up on that one a while ago. Sorry, Triple J on Earth. Um, about Twitter. Do you do Twitter? No. Yeah. No. Just seemed to kind of, yeah, it was kind of like, where do you stop? And I stopped before Twitter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the best place for people to go and buy your music? Bandcamp. Bandcamp? Bandcamp. Bandcamp's cool. Yeah, and, like, I've got that option if they want to buy physical copies of the CD. Yeah. CDs aren't dead. No. Yeah. (laughs) You can always buy it off Bandcamp. At least not in our collections. They're not dead anyway. (laughs) No. Like, I buy enough CDs for that many people. It's great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Bandcamp, just search for Emily Day. Yeah. D-A-Y-E. Yeah, just to be annoying. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put some some links in the the show notes for this podcast so people know where to go and... uh, Obviously, you're on Facebook and, and YouTube. Facebook, YouTube. My songs are on iTunes and Spotify if anyone's more into their digital. Yep, yep. I just saved your EP on Spotify before. so Thank you. Yeah. Um, and what about upcoming shows? What so, have you got coming up? Uh, the 26th of July, which is a Thursday night, I'm playing a gig at The Drunken Poet and I'll be on at 9 p.m. Cool. Yeah. And that's with... Trevor, Trevor Petrie. Trevor. Hi, Trevor. Um, so it's a Thursday night, The Drunken Poet. All right, we'll have to try and get down there and show some support. Um, and what else have you got planned for this year? I had just really jamming with the band setting and coming up with a band single to hopefully release by the end of the year. So what's the lineup for the band you got? Uh, we're still kind of messing around with different lineups and which other instruments I'll include, whether it'll be saxophones or trumpets or something brassy. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking brassy. I do like the brass. Drum kit. You got a drum kit in there? Or... Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. definitely the drummer. But yeah. Any familiar names that we might know that'll be a part of it? Not at the moment. Not at the moment. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about while we're, while we're here? Nothing I can think of. I I did send out a post on my Facebook page for people to ask questions. I'm not sure if we covered all of those questions, but I think we did. Yeah, I think we might have. Um, there was one about influences, and mm. so I think we've got that. Um, so, yeah, make sure um, go and check out Emily's music on uh, Bandcamp. Um, she's on Facebook. She's on Instagram. She's on YouTube. And um, Triple J unearthed, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll put some some links in the show notes for you. Um, so let's wrap it up there, Emily. Thanks very much for for coming out. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you trekking out to uh, my kitchen here, <laughs> and um, we'll uh, hook up a, a show again soon. I think Trevor wants to hook up the Thornbury local, the three of us. 